Hello! Welcome to the latest episode of Bulls in the Ring, your weekly source of everything going on in the world today for this week. Tom, how you doing? I actually, I think <laughs> I'm pretty much over my whole uh, coughing hysteria. Oh. But I have allergies now, so you may hear me break out in a good allergy attack. Uh, I am not so lucky. I am still sick. You sound sick. Well, um, it's funny. I went you know, After we did our shows a couple weeks ago, I went to the shore that Saturday, and I was so sick, I barely left bed all day. We got really? down to the shore. I went on the beach. I slept. Got freezing cold. Took a half hour hot shower, then went to bed in hoodie and pants, and just stayed there all night. Oh, <laughs> I right. was fucking sick. <coughs> so then I went Tuesday, because I wasn't getting better, I went Tuesday to Urgent Care. Uh, this who, is at the shore. This is at the shore. I went okay. to Tom's River Urgent Care, okay. uh, which I've probably seen a lot there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of penicillin was given out. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure I caught something there. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, they did chest x-rays and shit, and, uh, I have a touch of pneumonia. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I just went to the doctor today, who informed me I still have the pneumonia, which is why I'm not smoking cigars tonight. No, but okay. I am drinking. I am having a cigar, and if that hurts your, uh, pneumonia, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it's okay. It's all right. It's actually all right. You're, you're doing okay. okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still kind of sick. I'm getting over it. <clears throat> I have an inhaler with me, so if you hear me inhaling... At some point, it ain't weed. It's uh. You're not vaping. Nope, it's okay. it's a regular inhaler, like uh, like Revenge like of the nerd. Nerds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so how was how, how have you been since I last seen you? Good. Uh, I've been the working sickness? all. I, yeah, I actually have been having a, a little bit of uh. Probably for the past year, I've been um. I have like a pain on my side, and. I'm assuming it's the gallbladder. Okay. And actually, the other night, I almost went to the hospital because it was, like, it was really thumping. <clears throat> like, where I was, like, mm-hmm. like uncomfortable. It, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't lay on my side. It was, like, it was all tender. And I think that it kind of got a little bit worse because when we went to Hershey Park. Yeah. And I went on every roller coaster there <laughs> getting thrown around. And I think I may have maybe, like, bruised my side, which... Kind of your liver? No, it's not my liver. Because <laughs> it's a very small spot right where my gallbladder is. Uh, and <clears throat> they say, you know, alcohol use, yeah. possibly in excess, will, will cause it to, to get gallstones yeah. or flare up. So that's what I think it is. And it's funny because I took a few days off. I, I tapped out for a little bit drinking. And it actually feels great now. And like, now you're drinking. And now I'm drinking. Where? What side is it on? It's on my uh, right side. Okay, yeah. That, I was gonna say if it was on your left, that could be your spleen. No, no, no. But it's... right side, that's gallbladder. Are you feeling sick to your stomach? Nope, nope. nope. They say usually, like... usually gallbladder, you feel sick to your stomach, like you're gonna throw up a lot. No, no. No. I, but I have like an ironclad stomach, especially the way I eat. Okay. I just like devour food, please, so. Please go to a fucking doctor. <laughs> Eventually. Uh, it, Seriously, because it could be it could become worse. It, it probably can, but there's a <laughs> lot of overtime this month, and God forbid I have to go in for surgery. I don't want to miss my overtime so i'm putting overtime yeah but then of... if you die you're not gonna get any overtime so yeah i'll just, be good just go just please go to a doctor uh, in october and for everyone I... out there please take a vote if tom should go to a doctor <laughs> we're, we're, we're hiring a few more people at my job so we should uh 
be able to have the overtime not be. I mean, it is just flowing right now. It yeah, is flowing. Uh, must be nice. Yeah, I. Wish I had overtime. Last pay period, I worked forty-eight hours overtime. So wow. Yeah, I had a, I had a pretty awesome paycheck. In one week. Two week. Oh, it's a two week time. Yeah. You ever do a forty forty? What is a forty forty? Forty forty is in one week. Forty hours regular pay. Forty hours overtime pay. I have done it twice in my life. I have. You say I, shit at the end of oh, that yeah, week. Oh yeah, yeah. I did a when <laughs> I was in my crap. old job. <clears throat> I actually, um, I have the record there for the most amount of overtime in a pay period. Hmm. I worked 96 hours overtime. Holy shit, yeah. And that's in two weeks, right? That's in two weeks. So 80 hours of work, 96 hours of overtime. Wait, how do you, wait, hold on a second, say it again? You have 80 hours I worked 80 hours of regular pay. My regular five days of work. And 96 on top of that. On top of that. Oh, so then you, wow, holy crap. I did more than a 40-40. Yeah, you did it twenty four seven. I uh, the the check and I, I wasn't making the, the money I'm making now, mm-hmm. but the um, what is it? Your net is your uh, high one, right? Yeah, your net is your high one. Um, that was like seventy five hundred, and mm-hmm. I think I brought home forty five hundred. I have a, you know, I always and, uh, and maybe this is just you have you get paid every two weeks. You said yes, that's your job. See, with me, after I, you, know, you do that 40-40 and it sucks, but like, oh, I can't wait to that paycheck. And I got that paycheck, and I'm like, man, I got raped in fucking taxes. Oh, yeah. I would have made, I figured it out, if I would have worked three of those days instead of five. You'd make about the same amount of money. I'd make the same amount of fucking money. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I broke my ass that week. Well, my whole thing is, I, uh... I would normally take it as comp time. Like they allow you to take your overtime as comp, so you yeah. can have days off. But I'm oh, that's getting kind of cool. But I'm getting towards retirement. Yeah. So I got to dump as much money into my uh, oh yeah into my salary for my right. retirement. Yeah, yeah. So you're so, doing it for. I, I understand. It's that. all about the money right now. Yeah, I understand. I would that. stab a motherfucker for a shift. <laughs> yeah. So. But we do have a uh, a special guest this week. We will be uh, contacting him in a few seconds. Okay. So, stand by while we uh, we have our interview going on. Excellent. And we are here with our uh, special guest. He is a comedian. He uh, he's kind of been around the uh, United States doing some things. Very excited about that. Um, we got a few questions about where you grew up, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. It's uh, Joe Elke. Yo, what's up, dudes? How are you, man? I'm good, man. Now this is making me sound mysterious. Questions about like where I grew up. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because I mean, we'll we'll get. uh, We have no idea where he's from. From regions unknown. So. uh... It's randomly called somebody, and here he is. You're like a wrestler. You're. 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 you're, We. We gotta. We gotta jump you into the. uh, The screen here. Oh yeah, man. (laughs) Um. Well, I mean, looking you up, you know. I saw that you went to uh, the University of Maryland. So, were you always an East Coast guy, or? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Baltimore, so okay. I'll put to bed uh, where, where I grew up. But yeah, I, I grew up in Baltimore. Went to Maryland for school, and then I, right after college, I moved to New York for five years, and now I'm in LA. Yeah. So you've been you've been around. You you you've done some what comedy up in Boston, from what I read. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 When I was living in Baltimore, like me and my buddies would sometimes do like 
up and down East Coast road trips. So I've been from like Boston to North Carolina doing a bunch of stuff all over the place. Awesome. Yeah, we're uh, we're from New York, about maybe an hour out of the city, so we're quite uh, familiar uh-huh. with it down there. Did you live in uh, Manhattan, or what? Where were you? Where were you stationed while you were there? When I was there, I was living in Astoria, Queens, which is like the new hipster place. Like <laughs> when I was moving there, it was just a bunch of old Greek people, but <laughs> now it's like the the cheap hipstery place to to move to. So it's not so cheap anymore. No, <laughs> anything down in the city is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, yeah, man. I assume you are a Orioles fan. Oh yes, sir. Oh. When you <laughs> again, he's a Yankee fan, so Yankee fan. we we don't really like to bring that up. But when you went, how when can you, how can you even boo us? We're so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but you have, every five years, years, you guys kind of come alive and you make a little run for it, and then we crush your dreams. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Man, I was in New York, and we were playing you guys, I think, in the ALDS, and, you, and Raul Ibanez, like hit that uh, game-clinching, series-clinching home run. It was just so devastating. Yeah, yeah. Those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you moved to Astoria, did you... Did you uh, Maybe sit there and say, hey, maybe my National League team will be the Mets. Did you ever have that just oh, a little bit? I did for a little bit. There we go. Then I went to the, a couple Mets games and was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just like rooting for the Orioles all over again. <laughs> you, you, you didn't like the ambiance of Shea so Stadium? <laughs> I mean, Shea Stadium is, is the pinnacle of uh, you know, a sports arena. That's an Orioles fan who doesn't want to be a Mets fan. <laughs> very Bronx. <laughs> yeah, it felt like there were business meetings taking place there. <laughs> yeah. Sure there were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she was alright. I mean, City Field or whatever, that was, that was alright. Now, you, uh, you, re- you got your start from being in at University of Maryland. You, you um, I guess the story that um, I heard is that some guy came up in the beginning of class, said that there was kind of like an open mic, and you decided to do it? Yeah, it was pretty much my freshman year. Uh, I was sitting in a sociology class, and a dude got up in the beginning of class and was like, hey, there's a comedy competition tonight in our student union. If you want to come, let me know. If you want to sign up, let me know. I can give you the details on like what, uh, what you need to do in order to, to sign up. So... That was like when Dane Cook was huge. When I was a freshman in college, Dane Cook was like, the shit. So I was obviously enamored with that. And then uh, the rest of class, I just kind of wrote jokes and then talked to the dude after class, went up to him and was like, hey, what, how do you sign up for this? And then I got my name on the list. And uh, I had a sister that was going to the same college as me. And 
and uh, I told her that I, I was going to do stand-up for the first time that night at the student union, and she was in a sorority, and she was she's older than me, so she told all the pledges that they had to come to this comedy show, and even if I wasn't <laughs> funny, they had to laugh. <laughs> it was like part of their, their like pledging, I guess. But uh, yeah, and then I went and did it, and it went pretty well, and she was like, oh man, I didn't actually have to force them to laugh, like it just went well uh, from, the, from the first one. So that was my little taste, and then going to open mics in Washington, D.C. brought me right back to reality. Uh, <laughs> it's been awful for a long time. So does your sister get any of the royalties from any of your shows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I would get royalties from my shows. I'm getting paid <laughs> Now, a better question, and we don't want to embarrass her if she listens to this, but did you uh, did you ever take advantage of having a sister in a sorority at the same college <laughs> with any of the uh, younger uh, pledges? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to say, I don't think I ever actually like dated or hooked up with anybody from her sorority, but I did take advantage of her being in a sorority because when I uh, after my freshman year, I got kicked off campus housing. Uh, because I didn't like turn in a form on time. And she asked a frat if I could live in their house. And they were like, oh yeah, totally. So I got to live in a frat house without actually being in the frat because huh. of my sister's show. That's a so pretty damn good that. deal. <laughs> yeah, right? What, what was that like? <laughs> like, did they try and make you like do shit even though like you weren't part of the frat? Uh, no, they mainly just tried to get me to join the frat. And it was like, I'm already living here. I'm already friends with all you guys. Like, why would I pay dues and all this? Like, I couldn't go to maybe one or two of their parties a year. So it was like, well, there's absolutely no point in me joining this frat. Right. Also, I don't drink or smoke or anything. So a lot of their shit was like, I don't know how we're going to make Joe rush and uh, have him go through like the, the process of rushing and pledging without drinking. So right. we were both at like a like game respect game. Like we're friends already and we, are, we can't make you drink, so. <laughs> now, like, have you always never not drank or smoked or did you like have like a bad night where you drank like a bottle of Jameson and you're like, never doing this again? Like, was it something <laughs> like that or? No, I've never drank or smoked or anything. I actually, uh, and like in high school, that's where that kind of became like a thing. Is like I just didn't think it was cool or important or whatever. And then everybody in high school that I knew was like, no, but like you have to drink. And the contrarian in me was like, oh no, go fuck yourself. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> so it was always like a sticking point for some people. And sometimes it still is. And I think it does affect me. Uh, like career-wise, dating-wise, but I don't want to do it, you know? It doesn't interest me. I don't have any kind of, like, family history with it, and I'm not Mormon or some shit. I just uh, was never interested. Hmm. I mean, strong-willed, I guess, on that, but you seem to be... <laughs> you save so much money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I told my kids, don't even worry about college. You can just kiss that goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you, and I don't want to sound this way, but, like, you are completely physically fit. I mean, you, I'll watch your uh, Instagram stories, and I see, like, the some of the shit that you do, and I'm like, wow. Because if I did that, I'd probably break the bar, pull off the straps from the ceiling. 
Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) When, like, I consider my crutch to be, like, cigars and beer. Do you consider, like, I don't want to say a crutch, but something that you're completely addicted to. Do you consider working out something you're completely addicted to? Yeah, I guess that's kind of my vice. Like, whenever, whenever I talk about how I'm not, I don't drink or smoke or anything, everyone... Usually it's like, well, you, well, you gotta have a vice. Like, you gotta do something. You're like, what's your vice? And uh, I guess it kinda is working out. I'm also like a shopaholic. Like, I have a bunch of shoes and clothes and stuff, a little bit of like a hype beast kind of person. So, not to sound like a total douche, but <laughs> yeah, I've got a bunch of shoes. And then like, I don't know, I always, I was working out for a long time and then about a year and a half ago, I, I just started doing like aerialist circus, Cirque du Soleil training. And I kind of got really into doing that because you know, I was into weightlifting and all that shit. And uh, I also was doing comedy. So I felt like the aerialist stuff is kind of like a good marriage between the two of like fitness and performing. And through doing that, like I just started, I just started doing a pole dance a little while ago. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm actually going to do a pole dance class after we're done wrapping up here, so. <laughs> so, ladies, when you, <laughs> you want to you wanna get uh, wet in the bottom, make sure you're following him on Instagram because, like I said, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, shirtless poses, and he is a chiseled guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at Joe Welke, baby. <laughs> you know, I doing comedy for so long and everybody was always just kind of trashing me for being I guess the in shape guy that I would start to go to mics and, and shows and I'd try to like frump it up and and wear baggy clothes to make sure like nobody could tell that I was muscular I guess but now I'm just kind of leaning into it it's like because everybody already thought that I was a douche and they already had these preconceived notions about me so I was like you know what let me just lean in here. Uh, here's the bunch of shirtless pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that me and you would be the perfect yin and yang because I'm always drinking beer, always smoking cigars, and I'm fatter than shit. And you're like the complete <laughs> opposite. We're we're like the yin and yang here. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, more power to you. I mean, if you're enjoying doing that. I have no judgment. Like, that's the thing that people are always worried about when I'm like, yeah, I don't drink or smoke or anything. It's like, oh, will you feel fine if I do that? Like, yeah, dude, if I cared about if people drank and smoke, I would be the loneliest person on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, I try to tell my wife, but she just don't listen when I tell her I need a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what what scares you more? Because, like I said, watching you do some of these, like, Circus Soleil, and it really looks like that. I mean, you're, like, rolling, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but, like, you have the rope tied around you, and you, like, flip and roll and twist and all this. What's more nerve-wracking or scary to you, doing that or actually getting on stage in front of perfect strangers and trying to make them laugh? I'm so dead inside from doing comedy. Like, that, 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 that's nothing to me. I've been doing that for 11 years at this point, so that is nothing. But uh, I'm sure once I get my first kind of aerialist performance, like where I'm in front of actual people, I'll probably be shitting my pants, dude. I'll probably be so nervous and I'll probably mess it up and have the butterflies. But, you know, that'll be nice to have the butterflies again. Yeah, I like just doing comedy for so long. I don't have any butterflies really anymore. And I just kind 
kind of show up and I'm like, I know what I'm doing. This is going to go well. Uh, I have the Rolodex of jokes in my head, like it'll be fine, but doing a, a circus performance or aerialist or even like, you know, pole dance performance. Dude, if I do a pole dance performance, I'm probably gonna be like stripping. That's gonna be mad uncomfortable. <laughs> and ladies, we have the advanced tickets on sale for that. <laughs> yeah. There's no ladies listening to this. <laughs> No, it definitely isn't. <laughs> no, we, we, no, we found we found one tonight. We, oh, we yeah, did have yeah. one. We will. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, we we, no. we we found a new listener. Are she single? <laughs> she's married. She's married. Yes, she's she is. Married, yeah. Well, damn it. <laughs> so, MF, if you hear this, we're talking about you. So she'll know. Okay. Now, you you started in the I would consider what the DC metro area. You ended up yeah, going to New York. You ended up playing, you know, shows in Boston and and the East Coast, the Northeast. I consider it to be a very big comedy place. You have some spots in Philly. You have, you know, throughout New York, Boston, the city itself. What made you want to go to LA? Uh, honestly, when I, I so when I graduated college, I moved to New York mainly because all the comics that I love and respect. Uh, came from New York, you know. I like my favorite comics are Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neill, uh, like all those. Like, I guess the tough crowd guys. Okay. Old Comedy Central show. Yep. Love all those dudes. I think they're all great, and I love that style of comedy. So all of them came out of New York. So I was like, well, if I want to be like them, I should move to New York. But that dude, I've always hated New York. <laughs> my my parents every year we would take a trip to New York around Christmas time I always hated it and uh, after getting into comedy it was kind of like well this is what I need to do you know I know I don't like it but this is what I need to do and then so after about four years of living there I just started to get super stressed and depressed and just wasn't really enjoying performing I wasn't writing anymore I was just kind of mindlessly going through life and not really feeling any kind of passion. And it also didn't help that I kept getting jobs as a writer for, uh, for a while I was a writer for a bunch of different kind of news websites. And uh, I kept getting those jobs and then six months later they would just fire everybody because it was cheaper to get freelance writers to do it and they didn't have to give them benefits or anything like that. So after four years of that cycle happening and then just living in New York is so stressful. It's so expensive and yeah. everyone is miserable. And just the city is so claustrophobic. I don't know, man. I just couldn't handle it anymore. And so when I graduated college and moved to New York, my best friend, Tiff Myers, he is also a stand-up comic and we started around the same time. When I moved to New York, he moved to LA. So I was on the phone with him just really after five years in there that, like that last year was just so tough on me uh, I, I was on the phone with them and I was just complaining about living in New York and how unhappy I was and he was like well why don't you just come out to LA like I'm out here you can just crash on my couch for a little bit get your bearings so I was like you know what fuck it uh, I'll move out to LA it's been, uh, it's been like two and a half years now and uh, yeah man I'm enjoying it I, I will say that I think comedy in New York is better just because so much comedy comes from being miserable and just <laughs> hard times and shit like that. So 
I think life is so much more miserable in New York, and that makes for more uh, comedy. But like, at a certain point, you just have to be like, dude, I, I don't want to, I don't want to kill myself. So I think life is better here, but comedy is definitely better in New York. It well, you can go, Joe. Oh, I, was, I just had a question. Do you find your like between New York and LA? Do you find yourself like? How do I put this? Like the audience, do you think the audiences are that much different? Different where you have to change your set? No, I think the audience is the same. Okay, uh, they're all kind of super liberal. You have to really watch what you say, as <laughs> opposed to other places in the country. But no, the audiences I don't think are that different. Uh, I just think the comedians and the style of comedy is different. Right. I, I <coughs> just really kind of knowing the Boston New York scene. There, it just seems like they're angrier comics. They're they're more gritty. It's more, you know, like in your face type one. Where you get other comics from other places, and they're more like lighthearted. I guess you could say. It just seems New York City and Boston comics are just goofy. Yeah, New York and Boston, it is a lot of anger, and I'm kind of a I kind of fit in with that for for a while. I was I'm fucking pissed, and that's what I write most of my jokes about is stuff that annoys me. I think that's what a lot of people do, but yeah, out here it's a lot more silly and goofy, and there's a lot more personality put into it as opposed to just strong writing. Right. With being out there, you've ex- you, you've got obviously the nice sunny weather because right now we're uh, it's actually the tonight's like the first night the weather really dipped low. I'm actually in like a hoodie and uh, sweatpants because it's it's chilly out here. What is what is worse though? Like you have DC's, from what I've always heard, is kind of like ice storms, and it's like you'll get snow there, but it could be like snow and ice and shit like that. You get the New York City like just blizzard, or you have to worry about earthquakes in LA. Which one would you rather never have to experience again? Oh, definitely the blizzards, dude. Like that was miserable. <laughs> so miserable, dude. Uh, there's not a lot of earth since I've been here it's been here two years and I've only experienced really two kind of legitimate earthquakes uh, and they both came within a couple days of each other so other, otherwise weather is ridiculously nice out here I, I remember it was like the day that I moved out of New York it was in the middle of March and the blizzard had just happened. I was like, this is a sign I will never miss this. <laughs> it was ridiculous. You know, you think of March is kind of like, oh, spring is coming, the start of spring is here. And in New York, it's still dead winter, man. You can get snowstorms up until April. Oh, yeah. And it fucking <laughs> yeah. sucked, dude. <laughs> and if you've ever lived in New York, you know that, like, it's not just the shitty weather because when you're when I was living in Baltimore and D.C. you had shitty weather but you could get in your car and drive to wherever you're going when you're in New York you're walking through all this you're in the elements because you have to walk to the subway and then you have to ride the subway and you're all wet or you know your shoes are full of snow or you're hot as fuck because it gets so hot and humid there and then you have to get out of the subway and then walk to where you're going. And then by the time you get to, you know, like, say you're going to work, by the time you get to work, you're already so miserable. It's just wet and cold or, or sweaty. And you're just always uncomfortable. And I just, yeah, I, I will not miss New York. 
I mean, that's that's the one thing I always look at. When you have to get on the subway in the dead of winter, it always smells like potent urine because all the homeless people are down there where it's a little bit warmer <laughs> and they're not getting uh, snowed on. And then in the summer, it's just so hot and humid. The, the urine smell, too, is just like... It, it could blow out your nasal passage. That's why, like, I only like going on the subway in the spring and the fall because it, it's at least temperate down there where the urine isn't killing you. <laughs> yeah, plus, like, in the summer when you walk down on the subway, it's like 25 degrees hotter than it is on the surface. Just getting sweaty next to a bunch of people that you don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we experienced that this uh, this year when we went to yeah, uh, Coney Island. It was gross. just disgusting in there. Yeah, dude. It's, it, and that, so I would go to Coney Island and that subway ride from Astoria is like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah, that's a brutal one. It, yeah. Yeah, it's literally the end of the line to the end of the line. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Take a yeah. nap. That's a long you can fucking become ride. a different person on that subway. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> what did you go to Coney Island for? Because th- that is one of our favorite places to go in the city. We go there every year, and we, we have a kind of a routine. We actually talk about a lot on this podcast. But what, what did you go down there for? Anything specific or... No, just to go to the beach. What's your what's your uh, routine? What did I miss out on? Did you ever hear of the Mermaid Parade? Oh yeah, I went to the Mermaid Parade. <laughs> you know, we were probably standing next to him drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were the guy that yeah. wasn't drinking a beer. <laughs> yeah, one out of the, the one split. out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we go there every year. We love it. What uh, do you did you go regularly or just went once? I think I went once or twice. I knew a couple of people that were in it that were all about going to it. There were a couple of comics. This one comic named Chrissy Merrill, who is like kind of blowing up now. She was doing the Mermaid Parade a lot. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to see it because it was a spectacle, you know? I went down there with my girlfriend, I remember, at one point. And it was just so crowded. Oh, yeah. re- like the first time I went, I didn't realize it was going to be so crowded. Yeah, we... W- we That's why we're really, not going anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's gotten too much. But uh Really? Yeah, yeah we it sucks. The last two years have been a little rough. This year it was like just too commercial or something? It just so many people and like it, we we don't even real the last two years we didn't even watch the parade. We just sat in uh do you know where Ruby's is down on uh, the boardwalk there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just sat in the bar there the pretty much the whole time just drinking. And uh, this year it was just we were all tired. It was just yeah. yeah. And, and last year I had a broken leg, so that that kind of that kind of added to the fun of it. So it was yeah, it was just not a good time. Now in LA, what is how can I put this? What is like the the major places that you like playing down there? The 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 big. Uh, like, cause in New York you have the Comedy Cellar; it's a known place. Um, yeah. What, what's one, what are the ones that you like playing down there, or in in LA? I don't know, man. I I'm not even past a lot of these. <laughs> like, I never did the Comedy Cellar in New York. You know, you have to be cream of the crop to get up in there. Like, the big places here are the Improv and the Comedy Store, and I just uh, I just started getting up on the open mic at the Comedy Store because it's such a cutthroat thing to do but uh yeah I mean those are the big places I usually do a lot of shows outside of LA to be honest because you get more stage time and sometimes you get paid you know there's 
a place in Huntington Beach that's like an hour outside of LA called the Amazing Comedy Theater that just opened in the last year and uh, I love going down there because, you know, outside of LA, people actually like comedy, you know? <laughs> they like to go to shows. Uh, in New York and LA, there's just so many comedy shows going on at any one time for free that people really take it for granted. But if you go outside of those places, people love it. I like I did this show in Palm Springs in California, which is like two hours, three hours out of the city. And after the show, like an old lady came up to me and was like, I just want to thank you for coming. It was so nice and you were so great. And we really appreciate you making the drive out here. I was like, oh my God, I feel special. <laughs> this is nice, you know? People actually enjoy comedy. And her twin uh, sister in the city would probably be giving you the finger. That's the, that's the, the complete difference of New York and uh, California. Like, oh, you're, you're not Chris Rock or whatever, so who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I've done so many shows to like two people in New York and L.A. You know, it's just, it's brutal sometimes. But inside of L.A., there's a, a wine bar that has a little comedy, uh, comedy room called Eno Vino in Atwater Village. That place is legit. I like doing shows there because, you know, they're good to the comics there. I enjoy that place a lot. And otherwise, I'm just doing a bunch of shows in bars in L.A. And I'll play wherever they're having me. So, yeah, man, that's about it. Now, hearing a lot of comics in New York, like the, like some of the uh, managers of these clubs can be like real pricks. Is it different in L.A.? Like, do they, for the most part, kind of treat you right and take care of you and make it where you want to be there as opposed to like having to be there I don't really know man I'm gonna be honest I'm like probably the least successful comedian for doing it for as long as I've been doing it <laughs> it's <fucking> crazy <laughs> I don't even know any of the managers at comedy clubs to be honest I've been passed at such a small amount of comedy clubs that it's mind-boggling to be, and it's a source of a lot of frustration. <laughs> but uh, I, I think more of, more of the people that are pricks are just the other comics that are kind of past there. It can get really clicky. I remember in, uh, in New York there was a club called The Creek in the Cave, and they were kind of notorious for having a very clicky vibe and if you weren't on the inside of the click you just felt like the biggest outsider and didn't belong and all that shit and you can find that pretty much anywhere uh, and you know it's definitely out here in LA too like there's a lot of times where I'm like oh man I'm not I don't belong here like it's very obvious that these people are looking for a certain type of comic and I am not that comic so I can't really speak to like managers treating you well or anything but I, I feel like in any industry there's a bunch of pricks and there's a lot of politics involved and, and uh, clicks I guess it, it's just terrible that like things have to be that way like you're all like in it for the the same reason make people laugh make money be successful and you, you have shit like that going on it's, it's just sad that for something especially like comedy it should be funny. It should be a happy experience. And the way you explain it, like, just... And from hearing from other people, it's just... It's shitty that it's that way. Yeah, I mean... I, I remember 
here we go. Let's get to the bulls in the ring here. Uh, I remember listening to a podcast uh, that Dolph Ziggler was doing, and he was talking about how much politics plays into, you know, WWE and getting a push and all that shit. And he said something about, like, being good at pro wrestling and being good in the ring accounts for, like, 15% of you being successful. And I feel like that's kind of the same in comedy. There are so many just shitty comedy, shitty comedians that I know if I'm on the same show as them, I will blow them out of the water and make them look like complete amateurs and, sh- and just not very good. But because they politic their way up the ladder, like they're getting better spots and more opportunities than I am. So, I don't know, man. I'm sounding real bitter and jaded right now, but, <laughs> you know... After 11 years doing it, like, I'm pretty great at comedy, and I'm, you know, whenever I'm handed an opportunity, I knock it out of the park. It's just those opportunities are so few and far between. Yeah, that just... it's so disheartening when you say things like that, you know, like, and it's it's pretty much probably every job. There's always that ass kisser that, you know, gets the, you know, the corner office or the, you know, promotion. the promotion, yeah. It just, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, it, it's just like anything, and it, it's definitely not specific to comedy, but because I've been doing it for so long and, like, it's the, what I want to do, it affects me the most. I'm sure, like, there's a plumber out there that's like, oh, I didn't get to become head plumber because this guy's an ass kisser. Oh, yeah. Oh. We're no. just like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, for people who haven't heard you yet, what would you consider your, what, what's your kind of bread and butter? What, 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 do you, what do you like talking about when you're up there? Uh, basically anything, you know. Anything that kind of uh, strikes me as odd or annoys me, that's what I... I've been talking about for as long as I've been doing it. I've kind of leaned into, so I run this this comedy game show called Dating is Hard, and it's like the dating game, but I have comedians doing their sets to a person that's behind like a, a barricade, and then after all the sets are done, I have them do a version of the dating game. And so I've kind of leaned hard into I guess more kind of relationship material and I just started a podcast called the Dating is Hard podcast where I interview random people that I met through dating apps. So I guess kind of my bread and butter as of recently is relationship material as cliche and hack as that is. But I mean, a lot of my material isn't about relationships. If you see me doing stand-up, a lot of it is, you know, just... Like my video that's online right now is seven minutes of me talking about going to the gym so it can be really much really pretty much anything you know now speaking of relationships um you know checking you out online you uh you used to do some uh writing uh, for would it be elite daily oh yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of the a lot of the stuff you have on there is relationship type issues i guess you could say you know um five things to yeah. start to suck once you're in, actually in a relationship <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the headline or the the what would be the what are the five things <laughs> I, I forget I remember Snapchat was one of them because I was like you're not getting nudes anymore <laughs> ain't that the truth I love this one why girls in their 20s are single and will remain single <laughs> that, that I, I read the, that uh, that headline I just started laughing <laughs> dude I, I, I remember writing those and uh, 
brought on to Elite Daily because they had a bunch of female writers and they were like, this is, this is getting too female. So we need to have some guy perspectives. And they brought me on to be like the guy perspective. So I would pitch a bunch of these and just, you know, a part of it is a little bit of provocateur. A part of it was like, you know, I guess before trolling was trolling. But I mean, I feel like there's a lot of good points in, in the articles that I wrote. And obviously they were probably like seven years ago at this point. So um, some of my views have changed, but I don't know. I just remember being kind of like the sensationalist male writer on Elite Daily and some of my posts on there went viral like the one that I wrote about how I've never drank or done drugs or anything I still get messages to this day from people that have just read that and they're like oh it's so nice to know that somebody else is out there and I feel like you know, feel better about my life or whatever so that was pretty cool and then I wrote one about uh, I think it was called Why Guys Cheat or something mm-hmm and I got a bunch of messages from that that were like, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) It was a a big spectrum of people messaging me, and that was back in the day when, you know, people actually gave a shit to reach out to writers. And yeah, the one about why women in their 20s are single and will remain single, that one kind of went a little, that one blew up a little bit, but dude, I loved having that job and just kind of writing those articles because there's so much material to mine from you know oh absolutely now when you were writing these being in New York a lot of uh, I guess we could say feminists out there I mean how much heat I mean and these you said they were seven years ago so I mean you wouldn't if you were to post those on like Twitter today you'd probably get destroyed did you get a lot of heat yeah, from any? Like, I mean, I definitely got some heat from people. If you look at the comment section of them, uh, especially the one about cheating, people really blew up on me. And then there was one that I wrote about how I think uh, comedy should be more about having uh, funny comedians as opposed to like just meeting quotas. And that one got me a lot of backlash. Like a lot of people in the comedy community didn't really? respect me after I wrote that one. But huh. uh, yeah, so I was definitely taking some heat. And you would think that, you, like you know, being up there and kind of bearing your soul and doing that, you'd have a little bit thicker skin, especially if you had like a heckler or this and that. To hear that, it's it's kind of shocking. I don't know, man. Have you seen what's going on with the Dave Chappelle special right now? Like, I, there's comedians that are like, if you think Dave Chappelle's special's funny and, like, you're a piece of shit and all this stuff, and it's like, dude, everybody that, uh, like, there's so many other people across the country that love that special and love Dave Chappelle, and I don't know, man, there's just so much more to it than, oh, if you like this, then you're a piece of shit, you know? Uh, you talking, talking about the one that just came out, like, this week, or? Yeah, Sticks and Stones. Yeah, there's I haven't a lot watched of that yet. kind of debate in the comedy community about whether that's a good special or not. And I think I tweeted something about it. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, uh, white social justice warriors hate the new Chappelle special and condemn anyone that likes it. And every black person that I know liked the Dave Chappelle special. So <laughs> using deductive reasoning, these white social justice warriors don't like black people. <laughs> it was like this yeah. weird... I don't know 
how the, the logic works or how they can justify what's going on with it, but it's confusing times, man. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm going to have to watch the special now because <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely not what uh, I am. Oh, yeah, well, his last ones are great. So, like, I mean, I'm, if I'm being honest, it's not his best special. I didn't think it was mind-blowingly good, but all of the backlash towards it, I think, is kind of unwarranted. Like, out of the five specials, I think, that he has on Netflix, I'd probably put it at fourth. Okay. But it's still a, it's still funny. There's still funny yeah. bits in it, and it's still Chappelle. Like, he's still funny, man. Oh, people just like the uh, bitch. Yeah. Uh, this day and age, you, you can't say anything without offending anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, what happened, what I was kind of annoyed with is every article that I read about the special is like, oh, it really picks up in the second half. It, it gets much better in the second half. And I remember I was like getting up to go to the bathroom and I paused uh, the special and it was like, oh, this is the demarcation of the second half. <laughs> and then the second half opens with him talking about how he's fine murdering uh, white people who are addicted to heroin. <laughs> like, oh, oh, this is this is totally cool. That like this really picks up now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need to listen to this one then. <laughs> I mean, it's a funny bit, but the whole debate about it is like Dave Chappelle shouldn't be punching down. But then they're like, oh, it picks up in the second half where he's killing heroin addicts. Like that's not punching down. <laughs> yeah. But it was all right when. I mean, this was the guy at the top, and he had he had an issue, and people destroyed him for that. But yeah. now that now that you know, he's saying something that they don't like, they're gonna attack him. Mm-hmm. It's it just it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple of days ago, my buddy uh, he posted something on Facebook that was like, if, if you're uh, still in love with Dave Chappelle. Just because he was your hero back in the day, let me tell you something. You need new heroes. Like, <laughs> don't fuck yourself, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have any other kind of response to that other than just, I'm tired of people telling me what I'm allowed to like and what other people are allowed to like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Line up with their opinions, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah. We, we could go on days about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had many of episodes where I've ranted and raved about certain things, so. <laughs> now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get out of that, that, you know, we don't want to offend anyone now. We'll, we'll go to a happy place. Um, you, we'll go back in to you you and your family back in the day. You used to go to uh, Disney a lot as a kid, right? Oh, yeah, dude. You, you are a fan then. Oh my god, I love Disney. Dude, I went to Disneyland in like two weeks ago. What is the best ride there? Oof. Oh man, it's, uh, in Disneyland or Disney World? Give us one of each. Okay. Disneyland. Uh, I think I gotta go with Space Mountain in Disneyland because it's set up differently. Okay. Is it really? The, the, yeah, the Space Mountain in Disney World is like you're all in a single file line. Right. I'm six four, and I barely fit in there. But the one in Disneyland is uh, like two seaters, and 
there's more room. Oh, no so kidding. I like it better because I can, number one, fit in the ride. Yeah. Number, and number two, it's like Star Wars theme now, which is pretty dope. Really? But in Disney World, hmm. I, my favorite is Splash Mountain. And it's for the opposite problem as uh, <laughs> Space Mountain. So in Disneyland, Splash Mountain is a single file ride and there's no handlebar or anything, so you're just gripping the seat in front of you. <laughs> in your world, it's two yeah. by two. I didn't know that about Space Mountain. That's yeah. something else. Yeah, man. And also, I used to love Tower of Terror, but in Disneyland, they changed it to this Guardians of the Galaxy ride, and I don't think it's... Yeah. Just, I don't know if they changed it to Disney World No, yet, it's, it's, but still, it's still Tower, Tower of Terror, Terror in so Disney World. Good, and it was so creepy and so... Uh, well planned out and just I don't know it's perfect and then they changed it to like this escape from the prison of Guardians of the Galaxy and it's still it's the exact same ride but it doesn't have the same kind of aura about it huh yeah I heard they changed it in Disneyland but in Disney World it's still Tower of Terror oh thank god yeah see I was hoping you were going to say it's a small world because surprisingly (laughs) For anyone who knows me, that would be probably the opposite of what anyone would think I would like <laughs> from just being angry. But I, I love that ride. I don't know why. Because <laughs> it doesn't really? do anything. It's a small world. <laughs> it's a small world. I, I, you I, sit there and you just watch. Yep, I, 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 I sit there and I, I hum the song. I I do the king finger. I I just, I, I love it. It's just, I don't know why. It's just me. Well, but. my sister and my dad's favorite ride is Peter Pan's Flight. So I guess, you know... <laughs> A That's... lot of different things touch people different ways. Uh, my roommate's favorite ride in Disneyland is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <laughs> like, I would never fucking ever think that's anyone's favorite ride, but it is the pure yeah, that, joy. That, that one does kind on of suck. <laughs> when he's on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, it <laughs> baffles me. Wow. <laughs> what would which one do you like better, World or Land? world 100% oh, world yeah. is just so much bigger man you have to stay there for a week and you still don't even get to do everything that's the if truth Disney land <laughs> you can pretty much do everything important in one day do tops because it's so much smaller but it's closer to where I live now which is nice so I can go there pretty much whenever as long as I can afford it uh, it's yeah. only like an hour away so it's it's cool to get the little tastes of Disney because I just appreciate those parks so much for the thought and engineering and imagination that goes in those places. It's unbelievable, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I prefer I prefer Universal. And I, if I'm, and, it's a cool podcast, man. It's been cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my in-laws live down in Orlando, so we go we go there regularly, but I, I'm, I'm a roller coaster guy, so... Which is oh yeah yeah yeah. There's not much in the way of roller coasters. Yeah. The only bad thing is I, I we just got back from Hershey Park and it's uh I'm starting to get a little bit too uh big to go on some of these rides because like I get like one click <laughs> and like they got like the little uh the little Chinese guy for like who's like on an exchange program is pushing with all his might just to get that thing to click on me. So <laughs> man, I haven't been to Hershey Park in forever. Yeah, how far is that from uh, D.C.? That that can't be that bad of a, a ride. Yeah, I mean, from Baltimore, it was like an hour, hour and a half. We used to go there a bunch, too. The, but that was before I was really into uh, roller coasters. So 
I didn't really ride anything except for I think it was called the Super Duper Looper yep. or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I got on that. That was kind of my first uh, toe in the water with roller coasters, and I was like a teenager. Because I was always worried. But then, you know, as I've gotten older, I've become more open to that. Like we used to go to Bush Gardens all the time, Virginia. Oh yeah. And that place is like big into roller coasters, and I wouldn't ride any of them. Yeah, I, I think I got my first concussion there on uh, the Big Bad Wolf, I think it was. Oh, that was a brutal. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. I'm, actually, I've been on the Big Bad Wolf. That's yeah. not there anymore? I don't know if it, it I'm. It's an old ride. Yeah. I mean, that thing, I was prob- that was probably 25 years ago that I went there. Yeah. But, Is that the wooden one? No, it was, I, I think like. Oh, it was red, right? Yeah, it was red and you had like the over-the-shoulder straps. And I was I just made the height like thing, the height restriction for it, and all I remember is my head banging between the two like uh, shoulder strap cushions, <laughs> and I walked out of there in a daze. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. So. Bush Gardens pretty legit, man. They had a Loch Ness monster roller coaster. Oh yeah. So, you know, uh, we've we've interviewed. Uh, Someone that you know, um, Raquel Pomplum. Yeah. You know what's weird is I don't even really know her. Like, she and I did this podcast called The Sap with uh, Dave Neal and Tasha Courtney. And I listened to her episode, and I guess she listened to mine. She just started following me on Instagram. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, play, former Playmate of the Year is following me on Instagram. This is legit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it's then, probably uh, it's probably because of those topless like pictures. On each other. We have like banter on Instagram, but nothing nothing crazy. I don't think I've ever actually met her, but she's uh, she's a good people. Now she does she her and uh, another one that we interviewed, Irina. Um, they have uh, a show at the Melting Pot. Are you close to that? Could you ever get in on that show? I don't I don't even know. Um, I'll probably hit her up about that now that I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's always posting about it. So and. It seems like a lot of the people there, she has like a big group, so I didn't know if maybe you were going to try to get in down there or if you've been in on it, so. Well, now I will, thanks to you guys. There we go. We're, <laughs> ma- we're making magic here. the DMs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I'm pretty much out of all my questions. Joe, do you have anything? No. Like okay. Yeah, we, we ran through all of our stuff. Um, is there any upcoming shows that you have, any place you're going to be, you want to promote your social media, anything like that? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, I have a sh- I have that comedy game show called Dating is Hard. That's every fourth Wednesday at Pack Theater in Hollywood. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, that's where I post all of my shows. Uh, and I actually have my, my own podcast, the Dating is Hard podcast, where I interview random people from dating apps, and it's all about dating and you know where we go wrong and all that good stuff and what what I think we could do better <laughs> uplifting yeah blah 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 but uh, yeah that's about it now I, one question just popped in my head before we get off <laughs> you get people off of dating websites does that mean that you're on them and have you are, are you on the dating websites to find these people or how, how do you get how do you end up hooking up with these people for this podcast for the podcast, uh, I'm on dating apps that have profiles that say, 
uh, hey, I'm looking for people to come on a podcast that have entertaining stories about dating, like crazy people that you've met through apps or just bad first dates and all that shit. And uh, yeah, then I just swipe right on literally everybody. And if people have good stories, like I usually meet up with them before I have them on the podcast. So I'll meet up with them and then make sure that they're, you know, not going to kill me. And I have to also <laughs> prove that I'm not going to kill them because I record out of my apartment. I can't just be like, hey, come over to my apartment. I totally have a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I just uh, basically find the most random people. Like the last couple I've had on, uh, one was a therapist who was a serial monogamist and then her, her therapist told her that she needs to just date around for a bit. Had a girl that's like a dating coach who gets paid to create and maintain people's profiles. And then just uh, other random people. So this this other uh, person was like Hitch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> she, she was saying that she gets paid to create the profiles and... Uh, if they pay her enough, she'll like even message the people for the guys. So that was really interesting. Though. Oh, that that it, it, like two movies there. We got Hitch, and then she's almost like uh, Steve Martin with the the nose. What the, the jerk. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, not the jerk. Where he he had the big nose. Oh, uh, the long nose. I can't, Roxanne. Was it Roxanne? I can't think. I of don't it. remember. But <laughs> have you ever, from doing any of these apps, ever hooked up with any of the people <laughs> that you've interviewed? <laughs> Uh, Names don't need to be said. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, that's the thing that I, say, that I say to people is like, a lot of people think that I'm up to no good with starting this podcast. Like, I just talked to my buddy. He was like, yeah, well, you're probably going to, like, mack on all these girls that you have on the podcast. I was like, that just makes me sound like such a skeeve. <laughs> and I'm being a total skeeve, but for other purposes. Like, I want to use their stories to help propel the podcast getting bigger. So it's a different kind of uh, thing with that. But uh, no, I'm not trying to bang all of my guests. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, like you said, sit there and uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, if you want to give the name again. Sure, it's called the Dating Is Hard podcast, or you can just go to datingishardcomedy.com. And is that on iTunes and all that? Yeah, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Okay. That's, that's all of them, maybe. So if anyone's listening, make sure you listen to him and rate and review him. We want him to, to blow up. And uh, your social media again? At Joe Welke, you can follow at Dating is Hard Comedy too. Oh, that's on Instagram. And uh, yeah, JoeWelke.com, Dating is Hard Comedy.com. All right, so if you're in, and by any chance, do you have any plans to come back to New York anytime soon? Uh, not right now. I would love to come back there if I'm getting, you know, paid. Yeah, <laughs> it's just tough, man. All right, well, if you ever do come to, you know, this side of the, uh, the country, let us know. We'll, we'll go to a show if you're going to be doing anything. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. All right. You have a good one. All right. Well, that was Joe Welke. Yes. Thank you for joining us, Joe. Yeah. So everyone knows this one, this was kind of uh, like an impromptu one. He, uh, we, I was ending up uh, liking one of his photos last night. And he said, uh, we, we, we were talking, we were corresponding, 
um, about doing one, mm-hmm. and we kind of, you know, I, I, I haven't been really with it with being sick and this and that, so I haven't been staying up on my, uh, you know, correspondence, and right. he, out of the blue, he said it, and here we go. And nice. Good dude. He was dude. an awesome guy, yeah. Yeah, he was a good dude. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to check out his podcast. Um, all right, well, we're at an hour, Tom, so I guess we should probably end it. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Bull in the Ring PC. Instagram, Bull Ring PC. Follow us on Inst- uh, not Instagram, Facebook under Joe Tom. Yes. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Podcoin, uh, Apple Music. Anywhere you can yeah, pretty pretty get much anywhere you can get it. Yeah. Follow Joe Welke at Joe Welke on Instagram. Uh, go to datingishardcomedy.com for his podcast. Uh, it sounds really interesting. It's I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, definitely an innovative way of uh, hearing stories and getting stuff out like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Definitely a creative way of doing it. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I guess that that, that wraps it up this week. You listen to me. Yes, I am. You're on your fucking phone. No, I'm I'm texting Joe. Oh, okay. Texting him, thank you for coming on. Okay. So. You sound very infatuated with Joe's body. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I wish I had one like that. Oh, yeah, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be getting one click on the freaking uh, Super Duper Looper. Not going to lie. <laughs> got a little Joe's. Yeah. All right. Hey. <laughs> all right. Only, you know there's only one Joe in my life. I know. <laughs> <Tom>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for this Joe. And this only Tom. And we'll see you next week. Good night. Yeah.